In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul tells us in the last days, Antichrist would come. He had to come before Jesus can return, according to the Apostle Paul. Antichrist means opposite to Christ, opposite to the Word of God, opposite to the New Testament Bible. In the New Testament Bible, Jesus said the following in Matthew chapter 20, chapter 5, verse 32. He was speaking to the men, the Jewish men, and Jesus said, But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery, and whosoever shall marry her that is divorced, committeth adultery. We're going to look at the last sentence of that scripture. Jesus says, Whosoever shall marry her that is divorced, committeth adultery. What are they teaching at the church you're attending? Are they teaching that? I've never been in a church that taught that. And I've attended several different churches. Never have I ever heard anyone say, the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. I knew they used to teach it in the Catholic Church back decades ago, but I think they've changed it. The man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. By following your church doctrine and rejecting portions of the New Testament Bible, you put yourself in an extremely bad position. The wrath of God is coming upon this earth in the end times in the form of the Great Tribulation. Those in the churches who will be taken out are those who follow the scriptures. So if you fail to follow the scriptures and you take so much pleasure in going to that class, Bible class at your church, or going to the services at your church, or being a part of the activities of your church, when your church is not following scripture, let me tell you what's going to happen to you. It's in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Start at verse 10. And for this cause, God shall send them strong... I'm sorry, start at verse 10, backing up. And with deceivableness of all unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. There are people who love their own churches more than they love the scriptures. That's exactly what this is speaking of. Verse 10 again, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned, who believed not the truth, 
but had pleasure in unrighteousness. How much do you love your church? Do you love your church more than you love the scriptures? Many people do. Oh, it's very, very difficult to follow scriptures and leave your church. I did that as a new Christian in 1975. The church I first attended was a church in Dallas called Believer's Chapel. The preachers were from Dallas Theological Seminary. My best friend attended that church, she and her husband. And I went to it because they went to it. When I got there, the pastor was teaching that tongues are of the devil. And he was teaching a seminar about this subject. And I went to the seminar. I really couldn't understand what he was saying. But they were teaching tongues of the devil. And I didn't know what a tongue was. I'd never heard of a tongue. I really didn't care. But I did know what they were teaching at that church. One day I was reading my Bible and I saw a scripture which is exactly opposite to what they were teaching at that church. It was in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, the Apostle Paul is talking about what is supposed to happen when we come together as the church in the gathering of the church. In verse 39, the Apostle Paul says, Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak with tongues. Forbid not to speak with tongues. The church I was attending was teaching that tongues are of the devil. I was faced with a choice as a brand new Christian. I could either follow the scriptures and leave that church, or I could stay in that church and deny the scriptures. I told my best friend, I said, Donna, did you know there's a scripture that says, forbid not to speak with tongues? And she said, no, I didn't know that. We were driving down the highway at the time I said this. Donna pulled off the road and said, let me see that. I had a little tiny New Testament in my purse, and I took it out and showed it to Donna. And she said, this is awful. So we went to her house. She had several translations of the Bible. The one I had in my purse was a King James. We got to her house, and we looked this verse of Scripture up in every translation that she had at her house. And every one of them said the same thing. Do not forbid the t- speaking in tongues. Do not forbid it. Yet the church we were attending was forbidding it and teaching it was of the devil. I told Donna, I said, well, I'm not going to go to that church anymore. I'm going to go by this Bible. She said, well, I'm not going either. Of course, it was difficult with her because her husband uh, went there. And, but she, she quit going there. She did quit going there. I have been at, led out of several churches because they were teaching things opposite to what I read in the Bible. You're not going to be able to sit there where they're teaching something that's not 
according to the Bible and be justified. You're not going to be justified that way. See, Jesus is the Word. The Bible is the Holy Scriptures. All Scripture is inspired by God. So you just can't go against the Scripture, which is the Word of God, and be justified in the sight of God. It won't work. You can't do it. You'll have to make the same decision I had to make. Do you go with the scripture or do you go with what your church teaches? Because they're not, they are not necessarily the same. I have found over and over and over churches are teaching things that are not according to the Bible. When I lived in Clovis, New Mexico, USA, I visited a small non-denominational church. About 200 people were there on a Wednesday night. The pastor was teaching. He was teaching from John chapter 8 about the woman taken in adultery. He said, I quote, And when she was brought before Jesus, she was naked from the waist up, end quote. I was so shocked. I looked around at the people sitting there. I didn't see anybody grab for a Bible. I didn't see one person take a Bible and check it. Every one of those people were just sitting there like they were dead people. The men, for the most part, had big smiles on their face. Some of them, I felt very lustful at what the pastor had said. Well, I knew that wasn't what was in John 8. I've read John 8 many times. I knew it wasn't in there. But I took my Bible and reread John chapter 8. I don't remember another word that pastor said past that point. I was sitting there in the congregation reading John chapter 8. The next day, I called that pastor. And I said to him, I was in your service last night when you taught John 8. And you said the woman brought before Jesus was naked from the waist up. And I reread John 8, and that's just not in John 8. Can you tell me where that is in the Bible? That pastor said, well, I really can't remember at this time. And I said to him, well, it is... Very important for me to know this. Would you please look it up and tell your secretary where it is and have her call me? He got silent for a minute and then he was very angry and he said, Well, all right, it is not in the Bible. Where do you go to church? Well, the point was I was trying to find one that would follow scripture that I could attend. There was a man in that church meeting that night, who had done some construction work for me, so I knew him pretty well. I called him the next day. I said, you were in that service last night when that pastor said that. That's not in the Bible. It happens this man was an elder in their church group. So he went to the pastor and said, why did you say that? 
And he said, oh, I don't know. It just came upon me. There was no repentance from that pastor, none whatsoever. As far as I know, that elder continued in that church group. But a few, maybe a month or so later, a week, few weeks later, I was at another church service visiting. And that elder was there. And we greeted each other. And he said, I left that church I was in. They hired a homosexual for, to be the choir director. And I left. But he didn't leave for the scriptures. <laughs> this is the problem. He might be offended at one thing, but he didn't leave because of the scriptures that night. He didn't leave because his pastor added to the word of God. You have to love the scriptures enough to leave your church groups. When the church group is teaching something opposite from the scripture, you, you can't just sit there. Do you know that Jesus went to the cross because of the scriptures? He loved the scriptures so much. He said when, when Peter, uh, he and Peter were confronted by the men with swords, the Jewish men. Jesus said to Peter, he said, put away your sword. Don't you know that I could call on my father to send 12 legions of angels? But then if I did that, how would the scriptures be fulfilled? Therefore, Jesus submitted to dying on a cross because of his love for the scriptures. I'll look that passage of scripture up for us. We're going to start at verse 51. And behold, one of them which were with Jesus, that happens to be Peter, stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck a servant of the high priest and smote off his ear. In the book of John, this uh, same passage of scripture says it was Peter. Then said Jesus unto him, Put up again thy sword into his place. For all they that take up the sword shall perish with the sword. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my father, and he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled, that thus it must be? You see, Jesus loved the scriptures. He died so they could be fulfilled. The scriptures about himself. I know the preachers say he died for the church. He did. He shed his blood for the church. But he also loved the scriptures so much he died for them. How can you not love the scriptures and love your church more than the scriptures and be justified you cannot be and a fateful doom awaits you if you fail to go according to the scriptures you have to make the same decision i made but where will i go well you may not find any place you can go that just sounds impossible doesn't it but i don't care you don't go to church where they deny scriptures and stay with those people and be justified. You will not be justified. 
Let's go back and read again what happens to you if you take pleasure in unrighteousness, and it is definitely unrighteousness where the scriptures are violated. We will go back again to Second Thessalonians chapter 2. In this section of scripture, the Apostle Paul is talking about Antichrist. And he says, basically, that Antichrist has to come into the church before Jesus can return. In the New Internet, I mean, in the uh, NASB, it says the apostasy has to begin before Jesus can return. The apostasy is the violation of scriptures in the churches. It has to happen before Jesus can return. It's already happening. It's been going on at various levels ever since Paul departed, ever since Paul died. In Acts chapter um, 20, Paul said to the church at Ephesus, to the elders, that he knew his departing was coming soon. And he says, and I know this, as soon as I depart, there are some men among you who will rise up and teach perverse things to the church. He knew the Antichrist would come into the church because, see, Paul wouldn't tolerate it. They were just waiting, biding their time until Paul left them, got away from them, because he wasn't going to put up with this. He would never put up with perversion of Scripture in the church. So in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, he talks about what will happen before Jesus comes, that Antichrist has to come, that the apostasy comes into the church first, and the apostasy is falling away from Scripture. Churches falling away from Scripture. That is the apostasy. When you fall away from Scripture, the man of lawlessness can move into the church and take over, and that's what we're seeing. So Paul says, with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. Do you love that scripture that says the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery? Do you love that enough to go against, to walk out of a church that teaches the opposite? Or doesn't teach it at all? See, it wouldn't be popular. That's why they don't teach it. They've removed it in order to get big numbers of people to come to their church group. That's exactly why they removed it. I went to a luncheon at Texas Tech uh, at the museum. I was seated next to a man who was wearing the largest cross around his neck that I have ever seen a human wear. He quickly identified himself as the former pastor of Indiana Street Baptist Church. He went on to tell those of us seated at the table that they had a terrible problem at the church. He said that so many people were trying to come to their church that they couldn't seat them. There were too many people. So he said that they had added on to the church building and added on to the church building, and they still couldn't seat all the people. I spoke up and said, Well, 
If you would teach what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 32, that the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery, about one half of your congregation would get up and leave and not come back, and you won't have any trouble seating the people at your church. His mouth fell open, and I fled. I didn't stay for the dinner. I had paid for the dinner, but I was not going to sit there in that environment with him. Don't you care about what you do as Christians? Do you love the scriptures? Or do you take pleasure in your church group as they violate scripture so much that you will eliminate the scriptures? You've got to make a decision. I'm a prophet, and your blood is on my hands if I don't speak this to you. Therefore, I'm speaking to you the truth from the scriptures. Back to Second Thessalonians chapter 2. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness, that is the church that will not follow Scripture. It's not going to be the way they're telling you. Let's look at Matthew chapter 7, something Jesus said here. We're going to look at verses 13 and 14. These scriptures were called to my attention. One of the people that was in our church group, her adult-aged son, came to visit her. She showed him something in the Bible, and he said, Oh, Mother, the Bible is so legalistic. I was so troubled when when she told me that. I turned to God, and I said, I'm really troubled over this. Shortly after that, I heard this scripture. Matthew chapter 13, uh, chapter um, 7, verses 13, 14. Jesus says, Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, Narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. And the Holy Spirit said to me, These people want freedom to sin, but the real Christians want freedom from sin. The scriptures are freedom from sin. It's so clear to me, it's like we're driving down God's highway. The scriptures keep us on the highway. If you start to fall asleep and turn to the right, there's a scripture that makes you pull back on the highway. You start to to fall asleep, turn to the left, a scripture pulls you back on the highway. The world's going one way, the church world's going another way, and you're trying to go by the scriptures. You follow this one scripture, just one scripture will save you. One How did I manage to leave that first group of people where I attended church? 
they were teaching tongues was of the devil, Paul is saying in the Bible, forbid not to speak with tongues. I chose to stay on the highway of the Bible, God's highway. So I left that church group. Later, I'm in another church group in there. Well, at one point, I went to a little non-denominational church, and the pastor said, was teaching about um, Sarah, Abraham's wife. And he made the statement that Sarah and Hagar were half-sisters. I've never seen that in the Bible anywhere. So I went home and read all those scriptures about Sarah and Hagar. And I couldn't find it. So I called the pastor the next day and I said, I just can't find that in the Bible about Sarah and Hagar being half-sisters. Could you please tell me where that is? He said, I just can't remember where it is. And I said to him, well, it's really important to me to know. So would you please look it up and ask your secretary to call me and tell me? Again, this man did the same thing the other man did. And he got angry with me and he said, all right, it's not in the Bible. He showed absolutely no shame. Why? He's Antichrist. Both of those preachers are Antichrist. Do you realize there's not one Antichrist, but there are many Antichrists? The Apostle John said that. 1 John chapter 2. That's what the Apostle John said, even at his time of life. He was living at the same time Peter was, there in the early church. And let's read what he says. This is in 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. Even now, as John, the Apostle John, spoke 2,000 years ago, he's saying, even now, there are many Antichrist. It would get worse, but they were just waiting to take over. Remember I told you a minute ago about Apostle Paul? Let's go to Acts 20 and see what he said. Paul arrived at Ephesus, verse 17, and he called the elders of the church. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, Ye know from the first day that I came, after what manner I have been with you all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews. And now I kept back, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly from house to house. And he goes on and says, I know that I won't see you anymore. Wherefore, I take you to record this day. I am pure from the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God.
Take heed, therefore, to yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock, and also of your own self shall men, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things. That is in Acts chapter 20, and that last verse is verse 30. But we print all of these scriptures for you in our blog. If you will go to Jesus Ministries Exhortations, every verse of scripture that I have spoken to you today will be printed for you to see. All you have to do is pull up our blog, Jesus Ministries Exhortations, tap on the right-hand side where it says podcast, and all you have to do then is look for the podcast that is entitled, You Can Destroy Yourself by Failing to Follow Scripture. And you'll read all these scriptures for yourself. But see, all of this, where did all this division in the church start? Why do we have Catholics and Protestants and Baptists and Presbyterians and Church of Christ and non-denominational and faith movement? Why do we have all these movements? Well, we have them because men who set them up departed from portions of Scripture and they wanted followers to go with them. I know a church in uh, Lubbock, Texas. In Lubbock, Texas, they have a First Baptist Church and they have a Second Baptist Church. One of the leaders of their church told me exactly what happened with First Baptist Church and Second Baptist Church and how it happened. In this case, it, the division came over music. The people, some of the people wanted to have orchestra music. And some of them wanted to stay with piano. So the ones that wanted to have orchestra music split off and made Second Baptist Church. And then the strange thing was they didn't have enough money to hire the musicians for the orchestra. And then the First Baptist Church decided they would like to have an orchestra. They had the money, so they hired the orchestra, and Second Baptist Church, who wanted the orchestra, didn't end up with the orchestra. This is nonsense. This is the way these churches split up into fragments. That Catholic church, they've got so many things opposite to the Bible, it is shocking to think anyone would go there. There's no such thing as Pope. There's no such thing as archbishops in the Bible. And in the Bible, Jesus says, Call no man father. That's in Matthew 23. He said, Call no man father. There, I had a Catholic friend years ago. I went to Barnes & Noble and got and just looked in the Catholic Bible to see if that verse of Scripture of Matthew 23 was in there, and I was shocked to find it is in the Catholic Bible, call no man father. I mean, this is incredible that this could happen. It's incredible that this could happen. About the only way this could happen is they don't know the Scriptures, except I told this Catholic friend 
exactly what I had done and what the Catholic Bible says. I didn't hear anything from her for a few weeks, and then she wrote me and thanked me for the message, but she kept going to the Catholic Church. See, she didn't love the Scriptures. Not at that time. I hope she comes to love the Scripture, but she didn't then. Because I showed her the Scripture. And we can't do this. We just can't do it. I'm just telling you, really, as a prophet of Jesus Christ, you have to go by Scripture. You cannot go by church doctrine when it is different from the Scripture. I told a woman recently this subject about this divorce, that if she remarried, she committed adultery, according to the Bible. I gave her the Scriptures. She said to me that she was Messianic Jewish. Or she said to us on the phone, she was Messianic Jewish. And I said, well, what does that mean? Pam Paget, who works with me, she talked to the woman. And the woman said, oh, we have our own doctrine. We believe Jesus is Lord, but we have our own doctrine. She threw out the Bible. You can't do that. A faithful, a fearful fate awaits you if you try to go with your church doctrine if it is different from the Bible. No one can do that. Absolutely no one. So you are putting yourself and you, your family, frankly, you're putting everyone in your household at risk when you choose the church group over the Bible. You can't do it. Well, I, I kind of feel like Paul, I've warned you, your blood is not on my hands. You just can't do this. In the end, you're going to have a fearful fate if you try it. This is Joan Boney speaking, and our blog is named Jesus Ministries Exhortations, where you will see every scripture I've spoke that I've spoken to you today. I will listen to this recording as soon as I turn the recorder off and I'll copy each of these scriptures from today onto this page where it says the title again of the podcast is You Can Destroy Yourself by Failing to Follow Scripture. I will take this recording, listen to every scripture, write it under that title. You can read for yourself these scriptures and think it over. This is your life and your soul and everything depends on this. So it's not to be taken lightly, the choice you make. Thank you for letting me speak with you.